You ever sit down at your dinner table at night after you cook a long meal? Took you hours. You sit down at the dinner table and you start to eat it and you just look down and say, this sucks. Well, now you don't have to. Go to unitedharvest.com. Yeah, it's an ad. Tricked you. Unitedharvest.com to get high quality cuts of meat. I'm talking cross wasami angus beef. I'm talking American grass-fed lamb. I'm talking Hooterite pork. Canadian Hooterite pork. This stuff is incredible. I promise you will not be disappointed. Go to the website, unitedharvest.com. Type in the referral code, the promo code, FRIENDS15, all caps, FRIENDS15, for 15% off your first order, unitedharvest.com. Say it ain't so. Unfortunately, I'm afraid it is. 2020 has struck again, folks. Hey, this is Jake Scott, and welcome to another episode of the Cattle Pros Podcast. Thanks for joining us. 2020 has struck again, folks, and today we're going to speak with Van Knighting of the Nebraskan Livestock Show. As many of you are probably aware, this week we read the press release telling us that that event that we were looking forward to in Grand Island, Nebraska, unfortunately has had to be canceled. Van Knighting wanted to come on to the show and speak to you, the Cattle Pros audience, and let you hear directly from the horse's mouth the truth and the reasons behind the decision that was made this week to cancel that. As you're listening to this, I want to encourage you to do one thing. You're going to hear some some real truth and some real passion and, quite honestly, some disappointment coming through in today's interview from Van. Keep in mind that each and every person in Van's shoes who have had to cancel a jackpot show, a state fair, a junior livestock show of any kind has experienced these same emotions. And I want you to keep not only Van in your thoughts and prayers, but also each and every one of these show managers. These are tough decisions to make. They're big decisions that have to be made. And as you're going to learn today, there is a lot of information that goes into making one of these decisions. So we certainly want to tell Van thanks, and we appreciate him peeling back the curtain a little bit and letting us peek behind the scenes and get some insight as to how these things work and how these decisions are made. Before we jump into that interview with Van, I want to also take a second to tell you thanks for your patience with Cattle Pros. As you've noticed, we've been um, a couple of weeks without any episodes now. It's because we're getting ready for a bull sale here at the ranch. And as those of you uh, in the business can probably relate to, the two weeks leading up to a sale are awful busy. So we've had a lot of irons in the fire. But I have great news to report. We have a trio of outstanding interviews in the pipeline waiting to drop for you in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for those. I'm excited. I'm fired up. I'm glad to be back on with you, the Cattle Pros audience. And without further ado, let's get to that interview with Mr. Van Knighty. Well, folks, we do welcome you back to another episode of Cattle Pros. It's going to be a little different episode. Now, if you've been following along with us through some of our previous interviews, you'll certainly remember the the gentleman I've got on the line with me right now, and that's Mr. Van Knighting, who is leading the team uh, hosting the Nebraskan in Grand Island, Nebraska. Of course, the Nebraskan was uh, organized after the cancellation of the the 2021 National Western Stock Show. 
But as of November 19th, we got some unfortunate news, Van. As uh, scrolling through Facebook, we read the um, press release that you guys put out that the Nebraska, unfortunately, now has also had to cancel the event that we were all looking forward to. And the reason we wanted to get you on here tonight, Van, is that uh, just like President Trump deals with in an era of fake news, we just wanted to give you an opportunity to use our platform to get your your voice out and to let people hear directly from you uh, exactly what's going on and, and the reasons behind the cancellation. So Van, we're just going to turn it over to you and, and let you explain a little bit about uh, what's going on there at the Nebraskan with the cancellation. Thank you very much, Jake. I do appreciate it. Uh, one of the things that has bothered me uh, for the past, well, since March, I'll put it that way anyway, um, probably before that is, is this, this cancellation procedure that is that is literally put out in a in a press release and virtually no real explanation. Yeah, you know, um, you and I both know, and I and I do truly believe that agricultural people, uh, by and large, I believe are substantially higher uh, on average IQ intellect and common sense oriented than the average person, which is pretty obvious watching the national media <laughs> at any given day. And so I, I like this opportunity. I, I want to explain to people how it happened, why it happened, and, and the things that brought it about. Uh, and if I can, I'm just gonna kind of jump into it. Um, yeah, please do. We, you know, let's make no mistake. I mean, I, I've gone through every imaginable range of emotions uh, for the last uh, 30 some hours that you could possibly consider uh, from uh, remarkable uh, uh, disappointment to embarrassment, to humiliation, to questioning my own integrity, to questioning why in the world I ever dreamt that this could happen to, uh, you know, ultimately to anger. Uh, and, and then, and then to, to where I'm at today, which is uh, disappointment and the realization of what is happening in our world today. Uh, and, and so I'm going to jump right in this. The number one question I've been asked in the last 24 hours is, why? Who did it? Who pulled the plug? And you know, this is an interesting thing because I can remember myself asking this question in the last six months, many, many, eight months, 10 months, many, many times. Who, who made the call? Who pulled the trigger? Who pulled the plug? Who ended this? And you know what, Jake? There is no one that ends these things. And, and this, is, this is what's wrong with our world today. So, uh, and, and it's really, if anybody's at fault, and I'll be the first one to say, you know, the, if, if anybody's going to, anybody's going to be blamed, blame me, I'll take the blame. I got thick skin. Um, I kind of, I kind of ramrodded this thing. I, I was the engineer of the, of the, of the train. Uh, and, uh, and so I'll, I'll be happy to stand up and say, you know, uh, point your guns at me. I'm your target. However, let me explain. 
we're all essentially at fault here. Every human being, at least in this country, if not the world, we're all at fault for allowing our governments to morph into a, a and I don't know the word, I don't know how to pick the word, but here's, here's the situation. So the governor, by all means, I wanna make sure everybody in the world understands, our governor, Pete Ricketts, did not stop this. The mayor of Grand Island did not stop this. The, the state vet, the state director of ag, however many elected officials um, or appointed officials that anybody can come up with did not stop this. No one person stopped this. What happened was bureaucracy, which is rampant, out of control, uncontrollable, and none of us get to vote on bureaucracy is what stopped this event. So that being said, no one stepped up and said, you absolutely cannot have your event. Make no mistake, I want every single cowman in the world to, that's listening to this to understand, no one said those words. They didn't need to say those words bureaucrats, bureaucracy, and regulations made this come to an end. So let's, let's, let's boil this down. Uh, many discussions, I'm, you know, Jake, you know me well enough. A lot of people know me way better. Most people know that I do have a temper. <laughs> I am not the most politically correct guy in the world. And I really don't like taking BS from anybody. And I cannot stand authority when it's imposed on me. And that's a, that's a personal fault uh, that I deal with every single day. And I'm working to be better at it. However, uh, the bureaucrats, the, uh, the health departments, the health regulators, the, health, uh, the, the local health departments, the state health departments, they put in place directives. Those directives are put in place after a governor or, or, uh, or a, uh, you know, a national uh, presence makes decisions. Well, nobody votes on that. No, none of us get a say in how those regulations are put in place. And none of us have a vote on bureaucrats. And that is essentially is the problem going on in America today. Let's, let's back up and let's say uh, to explain the bureaucrats, imagine if you will, DOT regulations on pickups and trailers, hauling cattle, horses, pigs, sheep, semis, whatever you want to call them, DOT regulations. DOT regulations are not voted on any member of the American public. DOT regulations are just that. They're regulations through a department of non-elected, non-appointed officials. They're hired. They're hired through the, through the alphabet soup of all the divisions of government that we've come to know and despise. That being said, uh, we had a discussion. I, I, was, I was pretty adamant in my, in my comments. Uh, I might have used some language my mother may not have approved of when I was asking questions, and it was basically, you know, uh, GD it, um, I want an answer. I 
am not going to play this game. Well, the answers were given almost as questions. And that was, and, and statements and regulations. So we got down to the nuts and bolts of this in our facilities in Grand Island. And as you know, Jake, those, those sheds are pretty big. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. there, There's a lot of square footage. So let's say, for instance, we have 25% occupancy. And let's assume that we in Nebraska move into a 10% occupancy. Jake, again, you've been in those barns. You put, you put tie lines in there, you bet it, you fill it full of cattle, and you and I both know you couldn't, on the best of days, with no regulations, get 10% occupancy inside those buildings with, with them full of animals. Mm -hmm. Couldn't do it. That's not the issue. Nobody, nobody said, you can't have your cattle show. We got down to the nitty gritty and I said, okay, let's stop right here. Let's go to the exhibition building with our trade show. Well, trade shows take up a lot of square footage, which leaves aisles and alleys for people to walk on. And you start getting into the 25%. All of a sudden, the 330 potential booths, exhibiting booths, are reduced to 25%. Of that 25% capacity of the building, you have to now move into a situation where you guarantee that every single person or family group under eight, by the way, moving through that building are never within six feet of another individual or family group under eight uh, in that scenario. To accomplish that, you have to extend the aisles, you have to make things wider, you have to, accomplish, you know, have to account for that, you have to uh, protect that uh, dynamic. So let's throw that out. Let's say, okay, we're down to virtually no income from vendor booths, which is substantial, by the way. Everybody that ever attends a livestock show that notices vendor booths need to understand they are very, very important in terms of income for any show. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so we move past that. I, I'm okay. You know, let, let's face it, uh, Jake, again, you know me well enough. I would have put this cattle show on in the middle of a pasture somewhere in Cherry County and never batted an eye. So I never personally ever backed off this or really cared until my next comment was, what about our sale facility? Which our sale facility was gonna be in the, what we call the sheep barn, uh, which is on the north side of the arena, which is slightly smaller than the cattle barn, but is all essentially identical in its layout and makeup. And I said, again, no problems there. Well, the sale area would be considered its own location subject to the 25 or the 10 percent occupancy and so the individual said to me okay how many people do you expect or do you want or would you plan for give me a number i said well you know we'd probably have to plan for 500 to a thousand individuals in that area not a problem he says if you want a thousand people make sure you have four thousand available seats 
4,000 seats is a lot of bleachers. Might need binoculars to see the animal in the ring. Uh, so let's get beyond that. He said, now every family group or every individual in a family group under eight, heard that a million times, has to be no less than six feet away from, in every direction away from the next individual or family group. That's unachievable. We all know that. Anybody listening to this is gonna understand it can't be done. I mean, it's, it's over. That, that, that kind of went away. Okay, so let's move into the, uh, the pen show area, which we, I will refer always as, as building those buildings. It was always a swine barn or show arena. It is now the uh, Aurora Co-op Arena. Beautiful space, beautiful facility, well appointed, very comfortable in terms of this, where our pen show, uh, Pepsi Arena, if you will, was going to be located. And uh, I said, well, that, you know, pretty, pretty significant square footage, even in that enclosed area. And uh, he said, yes, absolutely. He said, what do you got for seating? I said, 600 seats. Uh, well, two of these gooseneck portable bleachers, you've seen them fold out mm -hmm. bleachers, nice bleachers, uh, which would have fit very nicely. More seats than the Pepsi Arena, by the way. And I said, 600 seats. He said, okay, not a problem. Five, 150 people. You get 150 people at 25%, you get 60 people at 10%. And I said, what, what, what do you mean, 150 people? That's 150 people, including exhibitors, handlers, announcers, support staff, clerical workers, bar staff, concessionaire staff, restroom cleaners, and you, you Public, get to 150 wow. pretty quick. Get to 150 pretty quick. And now that's going to be our limit as of today and not going to increase according to them, not going to improve between now and, you know, January 9th. Um, and so now let's move into the show ring. Nice show ring, big show ring. You've been there several times. You know what it is. It, yep. it, it, it's a nice location. Um, 3,500 seats available, permanent seats, 25%. 25% because you have seating, that determines your count. No other way around it. So we're down to 25%, not, you know, 3,500 divided by 25%, that's the total number of people in that arena. That includes exhibitors, fitters, family members, announcers, uh, uh, stage help, um, runners, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, arena help, whatever the case may be, and public. And so who ended this? I don't know if any one person can be called out to have said they ended this. The problem is, and this is what I want, I want every livestock exhibitor to understand. It isn't a conspiracy theory against livestock shows. It's not a conspiracy against youth or agriculture or livestock in general. It's regulations that absolutely fundamentally cannot be met in our world. And 
Then it basically boiled down to responsibility. We have a large number, had, excuse me, <laughs> still not quite used to the had, even though this is only a 60 day old project. Um, we had a substantial and impressive number of supporters and sponsors who were putting up real money not not a you know not a joke 10,000 20,000 50,000 100 150 250 thousand dollars to promote and in their defense hopefully get a return on that money for themselves be it press be it sales whatever it may be and couple that with the local health officials some of the state health officials who when I slammed my hand on the desk, not even theatrically, literally did it and said, you know, back to the GD it, <laughs> I want a number, give me a percentage. The answer was 95 or higher percent probability that you will not be able to conduct your show in the manner you've got laid out. Well, Jake, who listening to this, who running any other show, who, and I don't want to, I don't want to know who, I don't want to know that answer. Who would do that to their peers, their friends, and their supporters risk lots of money on a 5% probability? So, Essentially, the, the owners, the, the group in charge, uh, basically said, that's it. Uh, and it was, it was determined to stop before any additional monies were wasted. Um, I'm moving back into that uh, uh, personal uh, shameful area right now. Embarrassment, perhaps, is a better word uh, as, as I'm saying this because it does bother me a great deal. But uh, I, I just wanted the nation's cattlemen to know there is no one person. And, and honestly, Jake, that is a problem we all face as Americans for allowing our elected officials to overlook how things are conducted. And, I, and I, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being pulled over by a DOT official pulling a pickup and trailer saying, you can't do this. Why can't I? What am I, what am I doing wrong? You know, it, it, it just kind of, I keep throwing that in there because bureaucracy has overtaken our lives and complacency allows it to continue. Well, Van, I, I want to first of all, thank you for taking uh, a minute to walk us through that. And, and that's a pretty deep behind the scenes look as for you folks as to what has happened. And I want you to keep in mind that you know, Van, obviously you're a passionate guy and this is still really fresh and really raw for you. So, um, you know, we can hear that in your voice and we, we're, we're extra appreciative that you are sharing that with us. But 
you know, I think another thing, Van, to keep in mind for our listeners is that the frustration that you're feeling and that you've, you've been dealing with in the last couple of days is probably exactly that of the show managers at all of these other shows who have been canceled. And uh, by the way, we also got the news this week about Phoenix. Um, my family and I were looking forward to going to the Nile in Billings. And, um, you know, all those shows were canceled. But um, please be careful to use Van's phrase not to point the guns, certainly at the administration of these shows and the people who have, who have busted it to try and make them happen and have jumped through a lot of hoops in the cases when they were able to pull it off, but even in the cases when they weren't able to pull it off and, and the shows had to be canceled, it, you can hear it in Van's voice. It's a blow. And this may be your quote unquote job if you're a show manager, but it's, it's more than a job. It's a, it's a life for these people and it's very personal for these people. And again, Van, we can hear that in your voice. So I wanna nutshell this and you tell me if I'm characterizing this correctly. It sounds to me like they, the bureaucrats, as you called them, that you were dealing with um, on some of these COVID regulations saddled you all with enough rules and regulations in each of the different fairground barns and facilities there that they essentially, they didn't tell you that you couldn't do it. They just made it impossible for you to operate it as a show would be operated. Is that, uh, is that well, a fair assessment? Absolutely accurate. That's what, that was the frustrating part. Um, you know, again, most all of us, and, and I'm not anything spectacular. I'm sure everyone listening is, is equally as passionate and probably have the same mindset as I do. And that is, listen, it, you know, it, it's black or it's white. Well, you know what? Most of the, of the bureaucracy in this country is not black or white. And so they're what I call their, uh, their chicken s asterisk, 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 <laughs> uh, method of conducting their business is to, to, uh, skirt the responsible adult, uh, uh, common sense approach of saying yes or no. And they literally put regulations in place you can't cover. You just absolutely. I mean, I, I I'm pretty good at pulling things off, Jake. I'm I'm I've always kind of prided myself. I'm really really uh, ashamed that uh, it, it came to this in this case because I've been up against a lot of adversity and and I've always kind of prided myself on being able to pivot quickly and 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 figure something out and and especially having. Uh, multiple human resources available at my disposal with a phone call, brilliant minds, brilliant people, my partner, one of them, my wife, most importantly, my, my, my adult sons, uh, right up there. I mean, uh, we're able to make a lot of quick decisions and make things happen. When you get into a situation like this, you're kind of faced with a, uh, a quandary that, can't do it. And it's, it's, it's a setup. I guess I'd call it maybe. <laughs> and again, I don't want to, I don't want the conspiracy theorists out there. I don't want anybody to think that uh, perhaps it is, but I'm not going to call it that. Um, anyway, uh, enough of the negativity. I, I will say this. Uh, there is another show currently still uh, being planned, still uh, going to go on. 
Um, Oklahoma City is there. It, it, they, they, they have uh, uh, graciously extended their deadline for another few days uh, due to the recent events of, of Arizona and us. Uh, I commend them. I encourage them. I wish the best. I hope um, above hopes that they go on. And if they do, uh, by the way, I plan on being there. I mean, I'm, I'm just as desperate to continue to do business anywhere as I was when we stepped up and, and attempted to be an alternative to Denver. Um, but the National Western, you know, I, I've heard a lot of comments. I've heard a lot of rumors, a lot of statements, you know, uh, and again, the Nile. Jake, you and I have spent time together at the Nile when I've been there and you've been there. And, uh, and others, other friends have been there. And, and uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, all these things, the Nebraska State Fair didn't happen in its, in its normal form. The Iowa State Fair, all the state fairs. And so I, I just want to make sure people understand um, sometimes it, it, it's just not very pleasant to do what has to be done but there simply is no alternative available. And again, I'm gonna say the responsibility still lies with all of us in this great country and our process called elections. And we all need to be much more uh, cognizant of who we put in positions that have the ability to control some of this, uh, of this uh, chaotic, response that we're all dealing with. Well, I'm like you, Van. I don't want to turn this into something negative, but we also have to be re realistic and not stick our head in the sands about things that are negative. And, um, you know, the, the power that some people wield in our government who aren't elected, but are appointed or hired or whatever the case is, is pretty staggering. Um, you know, we always, as good red-blooded Americans, can get the attitude of throw the bums out and we'll elect somebody that we like. But in more cases than not, these bureaucrats just become ensconced in our, in our democracy and in our government, and they go on forever, and they never get unseated. And they do have a lot of power over our lives. And perhaps this is a poor example, but this is the way my mind works, fan. We like to watch the, the show Yellowstone with Kevin Cosner when it's on. And, you know, whoever is behind – now, there's a podcast interview, Van. Maybe you know enough people. You can get me in touch with some of the writers on Yellowstone because I am convinced there is enough of uh, undertones of real reality, like ranch life reality, family ranch life reality, sprinkled through that show, that somebody with some actual experience as to what goes on in our lives – is feeding some information to those people who are writing it. And, you know, you hear a lot of this, even though it's Hollywood, they actually portray some of this on that show. And uh, to the extent that their family, you know, if you don't watch it, their family's afraid of losing their, their, their multi-generation family ranch um, because of bureaucrats who just increasingly um, make it more difficult for them to, to do normal ranching activities. And you think that can't happen to us, but just think back within the last, what has it been, five, six years when the environmental re regulations were really ratcheting up and we were feeling a lot more pressure on these ranches, uh, water uh, quality concerns. We all want, you know, clean water and, and we don't want to be polluting and we don't want to be um, uh, reckless or careless with the way we're operating. But they were making puddles 
puddles of standing water were considered um, uh, things that could be regulated by the EPA, you know? Yeah. And so, so don't think this stuff can't happen. And, and what happened with the show, it sounds like, is maybe a little microcosm of that. But I'm glad that you point out the greater issue maybe that's involved here that we all need to be reminded of that, hey, this, this is in the big picture, you know, um, this isn't going to wreck anybody's life, but there are similar things that could happen that would be much more impactful. So I appreciate your passion about that. And I appreciate you pointing that out to all of us that are listening. United Harvest procures the finest meats from the finest ranchers, farmers, and butchers. Many of you know the difference between farm-raised and store-bought meat. Having eaten those meats, I can guarantee you that they are the most superior steaks you'll ever eat. By offering the highest quality ag products directly to consumers, United Harvest is able to both bypass middlemen, pushing profits back to the American farmer and rancher, and providing the highest quality meats to you. No coal cows here. Please go to unitedharvest.com and type in the discount code FRIENDS15 to enjoy 15% off your first order. That's FRIENDS15. Ladies and gentlemen, these are premium cuts of meat with the company paying nearly twice the market price to cattlemen for their finest cattle. You will not be disappointed. You know, you know Jake, I got I to gotta add this, and this will probably prove to every one of your listeners just how much of a hick I really am. Uh, I have never watched a single minute of Yellowstone. That's fine. It's not for everybody, but it is a pretty <laughs> no, cool show. Listen, I, don't, I don't get it. We don't have satellite at home, and, uh, and we don't get it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, well, you're a busy guy. You wouldn't have time to sit down and watch much TV anyway, I'm guessing, in a, in a regular day. Heck, we're doing this at uh, 8 o'clock at night. I always, I always feel embarrassed when somebody <laughs> says something. I'm like, I've never seen it. Um, but let me, let me say something else, Van, and I don't mean to cut you off, but something that I love that you're saying on a more positive note is I like the, the personal accountability and responsibility that you all – took in making this painful decision to cancel the Nebraskan because you brought up the sponsors. In good conscience, what I'm hearing is you couldn't continue to accept monies from these folks knowing the information that you had, which was, hey, there's probably a 5% chance uh, or less likelihood that this show's even going to take place. So I appreciate your, you being honest about that and up, up uh, um, just forward and upright with your sponsors on that but from the exhibitor side every day that goes by getting closer to these shows the money that we put into getting these cattle ready or getting the booths ready for the trade shows or whatever increases you're bringing in more staff you're buying more feed you're buying new whatever's to go to the show with and so I'm sure, Van, correct me if I'm wrong, you've also felt a great deal of responsibility or accountability to those exhibitors, knowing from personal experience the expenses that they were putting in to making plans to come to the Nebraskan. Absolutely. And, and in fact, uh, and friends of mine, and please understand, I'm saying this not derogatory at all. Uh, you know, there's a difference between ignorance and stupidity. And uh, I, I, I mentioned that to a lot of people a lot of times, especially my boys growing up. <laughs> it, it, it's okay to be ignorant. Just don't ever be stupid. Um, ignorance is uneducated. Stupid is the un- inability to learn. Um, so the, if anybody thinks that a cattle show 
makes money, they need to host their own cattle show. I encourage that. <laughs> cattle shows don't make money. Most of the stuff we all want, the, 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 the scores of individuals that contacted me, who's going to be broadcasting the Nebraskan? Where can I watch it live? You know, people don't understand that typically is a $2,000 to $2,500 per day expense. Mm -hmm. And that's just to the firm that, that, pub, er, that, uh, that, that uh, puts it out. Yeah. That, there's a lot of other expenses. So sponsors, uh, supporters, absolutely imperatively necessary. Um, we did not, I will say this, we did not have a single one back out. We had several concerns. We had questions asked. Um, not one single person was ready to pull the trigger, which says to me, they are, there are a multitude of companies, individuals, corporations, large and small, that are very, very supportive of our industry. And, and, and that was humbling. However, again, it comes down to the fact of, yes, responsibility. Yeah. 5%. It, I'm a gambler, man. I, I go to Vegas and I'm, I'm, you know, my wife tells me that, that I need to be limited to once a lifetime going to Las Vegas. <laughs> I can personally go once a month if I could. Um, I'm a gambler. Hell, I mean, excuse my language. <laughs> uh, we all raise cattle. We're all gamblers. Yeah, you know, exactly right. <laughs> but, uh, 5% is, that's a, that's a tough bet even for me. And there's a difference. I think we'd learned this in school. There's a difference in risk taking and thrill seeking <laughs> and <laughs> risk taking is a, is a calculated, uh, educated, risk a gamble if you will thrill seeking is jumping off of a bridge with something strapped to your back hoping that you can glide to the ground you know that's that's a difference exactly. and, and this it sounds like the writing was on the wall and any rational clear thinking person could see that it was moving beyond gambling at this well point. i want everybody i want everybody to know that that no one and i mean this sincerely no one uh wanted to make this decision less than me yeah. no one yeah uh my wife would be next uh our sons would be next our my partner would be in line the city of grand island didn't want to do it um it, it, it's unfortunate i i, I want to continue to say however uh and and i mean this sincerely i hope and pray uh, Oklahoma City is able to continue on and pull this off, and and I encourage everyone to support them. Uh, we all, especially I, know what they're going through. Um, uh, I, I hope it works. If it does work, I'm going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, likewise. And and you know, good for them. Um, I, I I thought we would fight this to the bitter end, uh, but uh, again. The governor didn't say it. No one individual said it. it. It simply came down to a point where we could not, we just could not continue with the regulations that are in place today and what they were telling us. And, and to 
to run it. You know, I had several friends, in fact, friends who made the comment, you pulled the trigger too soon. You should have let this ride until at least the middle of December. <clears throat> Jake, you already said it. And I told him that. I said, do you have any idea the amount of dollars that are ramping up daily for people getting ready for this to know that we can't have it and just let it ride longer till the very end, in my opinion, is it's, it, it's nearly criminalistic. It, that is foolhardy. Do not blow money stupidly. Uh, we None of us need it. I mean, no one wanted to pull this off more than me. I have a personal vested interest in those facilities that no one in the world will ever comprehend. I, I, I feel honestly, I was, I was more excited from the standpoint that I designed those facilities for a show like this. Uh, and maybe someday we'll do something like this. Uh, I don't know, but um, it wasn't to happen this year responsibly and I will not be a part of knowingly just wasting money. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And that is the only um, scenario that I could see people get, and I'll use myself as an example, people getting mad. That is something that would have upset me if I had been part of planning as an exhibitor to attend something that at the last minute was canceled and finding out that, hey, these people knew 45 days ago, 30 days ago, that it probably wasn't going to happen, you know, that, that would be upsetting. And, and this is a time, and, and again, I feel like we're probably being a little negative here. I am, and I apologize, but let's be realistic too. You know, things are tied at most operations uh, right now. Yeah. And, um, Absolutely. Just sold our spirit yesterday, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you can save a buck or stretch a dollar, then you need to do that. And, um, you know, that's something I commend you guys for making a difficult decision, recognizing uh, that people need to be able to, to save some of those expenses uh, when they can, if, if it's, you know, going to be in vain, their efforts. Okay. Thing, man, I, I want to point out, you know, you're a friend Bill Angel's a friend. We have a lot of friends at the Nebraska State Fair. We also have a lot of friends at the Cattlemen's Congress in Oklahoma. We've had them on Cattle Pros just as we've had you on. You sure. pointed out, and if you want to go back and listen for yourself, those of you listening to the podcast, go listen to Van's first interview when we were introducing the Nebraskan, but you pointed out then, I think the terminology was this show is not a competitor of the Cattlemen's Congress or the National Western for that standpoint. It's complimentary and your schedules were complimentary. And I like that now you all are throwing your support behind that too. And, and I think we all hope that that one goes on. I think signs are good that, you know, they've got a good shot of, of pulling that one off. But I think it's great that they've extended their entries, and and you know we want to repeat that again. And and I'm like you, Van. We we were looking forward to the Nebraskan, but um, had planned to at least attend both events, and so we'll look forward to seeing you down there. I suppose. Yeah, we. Uh, you know, let let let's let's be brutally honest. There there is no question that this that this virus is real. Uh, we all know it is at this point. I I personally have had it. Uh, my family has had it. Um, and, uh, you know, we were fortunate that it wasn't 
severe enough to require hospitalization. Uh, but I currently have two very dear friends uh, that are in the hospital uh, legitimately <laughs> suffering from this. And uh, it is a real deal. Um, so I'm not going to get into, uh, you know, why it's handled, how it's handled. Uh, and I have, boy, that could, we could do a podcast on that, Jake. You couldn't even air. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but it is a real deal. And, and we all know that. Uh, but in this scenario with, with the Nebraskan, uh, we just wanted, we, I, I could, I told, you know, my wife and I talked about this. We, we spent a great deal of time in a very, uh, uh, subdued, uh, heartfelt, uh, almost, uh, 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 prayerful type scenario of, of questioning and could not find a reason to be a part of risking anyone beyond what we felt we already did mm. knowing what we did. Mm. And, uh, and so, uh, again, I will say, if anyone has to be blamed, blame me. I, I, I also have to add uh, four different uh, Zoom calls <laughs> where uh, there was a vote held amongst us in charge, and I never, ever voted. Uh, the fifth call, they didn't offer a vote, which, you know, might have been a little indicative of what, where it was going to go anyway. Um, I, I didn't pull the trigger, but I certainly said, um, if, if we're going to use public money or, or somebody else that has every reason in the world just to get rid of it, I am your Huckleberry. I am a hundred percent. I am charging forward. I will not look back. It, that wasn't available. It didn't happen. And so, uh, Everybody knows what the, what the result was. Um, I will not hang my head on that decision. Um, I'll, I'll stand up and say, I got thick skin. Um, I got a bullseye on my back. It's okay if, if that's where you want to aim. Um, but, uh, but again, the industry needs to move forward. We all need to do business. We have to have opportunities to do business. At this time, Oklahoma appears to be, and, and literally is, the only um, uh, logical point. Rapid City is still, uh, appears to be full-on, full-go for the Rapid City Stock Show, um, which we have participated annually in for 30 years. Um, I wish everybody the best. Uh, I'll support everybody. Um, hopefully, we can regroup in the future. Uh, if, uh, if the stars align and, uh, uh, again, want to welcome everybody to Grand Island at any opportunity you have, uh, I believe they are beautiful facilities. I'm very proud of them. Uh, I want to throw a, throw a bone out for, uh, National Western. Um, I do truly, truly believe the National Western is not over. Um, I have some, uh, uh, side reasons to know certain things that I won't get into now. Uh, the National Western did not make their decision any easier than we made ours. I don't want people to throw daggers their direction. Um, 
uh, everybody has to deal with, with whatever is thrown their way. And uh, the National Western has been there for 114 years. They'll continue to be there. They will be back. Uh, it will be nice. It will be good. Uh, changes are inevitable. You know, listen, Jake, you know as well as anybody, you're talking to a guy who was a very integral part in moving a state fair, which has never, ever been done. And we did it in 11 months, three weeks, and four days. Uh, and we pulled it off. Um, is it the best in the world? Perhaps not, but it's pretty good for Nebraska. Well, Van, um, this isn't a podcast about faith, but we're not afraid to talk about our faith on the podcast. And we're both Bible-believing Christian folks. And uh, we know that when we read that, we learn that things happen for a reason. We don't understand them always, but we have faith and we believe that things happen for a reason. It's not in the Bible, but it's a cute saying. They said, when you write down your plans, write them down with a pencil, not with an ink pen. Because, <laughs> because God can change them and he has his own plans. And, and we, you know, things happen for a reason and we don't understand it. We don't always like it, but we have faith that, that there's a reason behind this. What I want to do, though, irregardless of the reason, I want to thank you on behalf of a very grateful audience listening, uh, people that were planning on attending that. Thank you just as if the event had happened successfully. Thank you for your efforts. Thank you for your leadership. Uh, I want to equally extend that to all the people who were involved and feel free to mention any names uh, if you want to recognize anybody, but Bill no, Angel, the people at the state I, fair I are all involved. We, we do Bill appreciate Angel, the effort. I've known Bill Angel for many years and I, and I want to tell you something. Uh, at this point in this scenario with this show, uh, Bill Angel performed an ability uh, or performed to an ability I had not seen in the past to this extent. He was remarkable. He was dedicated. He was efficient. He was proficient. Um, I can't say enough. He could not have gotten to this point, period, without Bill Angel. Like him or hate him, <laughs> There's, as many people have an opinion on him as they do on me, uh, I will say Bill Angel, uh, his wife Donna, um, are, are, are astutely, uh, capable of, of more than anyone would suspect. Bill Ogg, the new executive director of the Nebraska State Fair, remarkable in his abilities. Cindy Johnson, uh, the executive director of the, of the Grand Island Chamber of Commerce, uh, a stalwart leader um very very capable very intelligent very acutely intellectual um can't say enough for her support uh the the chris katulak with fauner park the entire fauner park organization which owns the property that the that the state fair buildings sit on uh you know the the, the grand island chamber of commerce uh, or excuse me, the, the Convention and Visitors Bureau of Hall County. Everybody played a role in this. So many people, so many people I failed to mention. Um, Bill Shermer with the new Stockman Magazine and his immediate support for anything we needed at no charge. Showtimes, uh, 
with uh, Betty and, 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 and her crew, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't be starting to name names because I'll miss some, but uh, uh, Heidi and Charles Anderson with Legacy uh, Livestock Photography, you know, the, the amount of people that stepped up literally, instantly, never once saying, what do I get? It's astounding the amount of support that is out there to make livestock shows happen that most livestock exhibitors never, ever hear about. And, uh, you know, those people, they, they need a shout out because they are what makes what we all love actually happen, yourself included. Well, thanks. No, it takes a village. And that is something that most people are naive to is just how much uh, people chip in and contribute to make these things a reality. And you said it earlier, it is a not for profit event, isn't it? And it's, uh, it's a labor of love. It's something that we do because we believe in it, and that there's a, a passion for behind the scenes and you want to just see carried on from a tradition standpoint. So, so we, we do appreciate it, Van, very, very much. And all those people that you named, thank you. All those that uh, you didn't name that I know there's countless others. We just can't get to everybody, but thank you all. And uh, Van, uh, Lord willing, we'll see you in Oklahoma city and um, uh, so. look forward to that very, very much. And I appreciate you coming on this evening and uh, explaining what you've explained to us and just clarifying things because as you begin by saying in, in the very first part of the episode, those press releases are vague. It, they're, uh, they're, they're ripe for people to speculate and, and then rumors get started. And so I'm very grateful that our audience has had a chance to hear the truth directly from you. Thank you for the opportunity, Jake, seriously. Absolutely, we'll stay in touch. All right. Thank you.